questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. Now tonight, make sure you are a subscriber. You do not want to miss tonight's full interview. Tonight we have someone who is risking his life to disseminate a lot of information. And I hope you can join us in the member section to listen to all of it. You know what to do by now. All you have to do is click on subscribe and you'll get your login immediately. And we'll have access to everything we have ever done and everything that comes in the future. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion or simply have feedback, you know, I always love to hear from you. Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And tonight we are joined by a computer software salesman turned citizen journalist. He continues to explore the hidden world of U.S. covert operations by a little-known company named DynCorp. His investigation, which started as a probe into the Clinton Foundation and the disappearances of their ex-CEO, Eric Braverman, has turned up many leads on the missing $6.5 trillion of the U.S. Treasury, including black budgets for the Department of Defense, CIA, FBI, and 27 other federal agencies. Tonight, we discuss Dent DynCorp, Harvest, and why killing is good business, and much more with our special guest, George Webb. His YouTube channel is linked right on our website. Hello, George, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Great, Mel. Thank you. It's great to be on your show. Well, thank you for being with me. And I have to tell you, right from the beginning, you speak different languages. We enjoyed that offline. Uh, you are a multifaceted individual. It's a spider web. It's a hydra. It's it's an octopus. And it's very difficult to know exactly where I'm going to begin our interview because you discuss so many things. But as I always do with every person who comes in here, how did you turn into a a citizen journalist from a computer salesman, software, and so on, to what you do now? Well, you know, I look at a lot of, uh, in, in the web software that I sold, we look at a lot of patterns. We, we scrape the web, we spider the web, they call it. We bring back, you know, what people are talking about. We try to draw trends from that. So um, I didn't think that there was any carryover into journalism, that kind of data analysis of the web. And there's huge volumes of, of information on the web from everything from your Facebook posts to your tweets to uh, things that you say uh, on Instagram, et cetera. But it turns out that there is the future of journalism is, is appearing to be data analysis, where you're really going out and uh, looking at all these data sources that can give you clues about what's really happening around the world versus the kind of the CNN, you know, here's what we say is happening uh, version of the world. Right from the beginning, I have to ask you, are you related to the late Gary Webb, the journalist who wrote Dark Alliance? 
No, uh, my full name is George Webb Swigert, and the reason why I shortened my name is just uh, I, I started originally uh, just as a as kind of a handle, but I am very familiar with Gary Webb's work, and I'm really kind of following in the footsteps of Gary Webb. Uh, Gary Webb, of course, wrote the famous Iran Contra series yeah. with the Dark Alliance with San Jose Mercury News, and you know he talked about Mina Airport flying guns down and bringing drugs back, and and then doing the same thing in the Los Angeles area with the CIA and this company called DynCorp, D-Y-N-C-O-R-P. And uh, I'm, that's exactly what I'm doing now. I don't know how I found my way into, doing, into following his footsteps. And there's another journalist who was, had an odd suicide death as well named Michael Rupert, yep. who also had another piece of this, which was more the software side of this and how it was all how this octopus was managed from the software side so i'm i'm kind of in between i hate to be in between two dead journalists uh but <laughs> that's where i am <laughs> crossing the rubicon an excellent work by uh, rupert and and i know for a fact well according to his his uh, companion her, her, his partner that he truly committed to suicide but but uh, gary webb that that one is very mysterious to me. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times there are slow kill methods where you you don't want a if you're running a covert force, uh, covert operations in any country, you don't want to run around shooting journalists because it looks bad. It looks kind of like you know you're from Cuba. You know, it kind of looks like Cuba in the nineteen you know, late fifties. You know. Uh, you you have these programs uh, to gradually degrade people, depress them, you know, break up their marriages, make sure they can't get work, and so forth. And I believe both Gary and Michael Rupert were in those types of COINTEL type programs, where it's just this constant slow death by a thousand cuts, till you know you're living in a trailer, which is what ended up with Michael Rupert. You know, That's exactly what happened to him, even after so many years with La. A respected career in law enforcement, and you know the CIA hard attack gun. I'm sure you're aware of that, right? Sure, Frank Church Committee. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I think they're much more subtle. I mean, what what's interesting is the Clintons when they get involved, um, how they change and bring the CIA those kind of dark methods. They bring that into the FBI until until about uh, well, there's this presidential decision directive that Bill Clinton signs in 1997. It's kind of like an executive order, but it's a covert executive order. But I, I show it in my web series. You know, I actually show the top secret document, which has been made public now. But it basically says bring these covert CIA tactics into the FBI, so that you can start using these pe on people who are journalists who are, are who are outspoken about certain programs that we don't want them to talk about. And uh, yeah, very much so. There, you know, I know this is hard for people to believe that in the United States there's a covert program to slow kill journalists that expose covert programs, but it's true. With all the leaks, and we'll get into the leaks and what's happening now with the Trump administration. With all the leaks we're seeing, are we witnessing George a gladio-like operation taking place? The, the, the former administration leaving some operatives behind to derail and delegitimize the new administration, you think? I absolutely believe that to be true. Um, the uh, There's this uh, deputy chief of staff named Walsh, and she, uh, I, you know, worked for the McCain campaign. Um, I believe the National Security Council 
is full of, uh, you know, operatives as well. It used to be that, um, you know, the, the NSC, they would talk about an issue and it would all be ex-CIA people around the table. And then you would uh, have a vote and they would have like, let's say five votes. Well, they're, they're all upset because there's a Steve Bannon sitting at the table going, well, gee, that's just a CIA operation. <laughs> you, you want 20,000 vaccines because you planted a virus. You know, that's not, we're not going to do that. And they're like, wait, what's going on here? This, this used to work. So, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's a matter of knowledge, you know, of covert operations and, and what the practices have been in order to see it for what it is. And, and Bannon kind of just calls it out. Um, there's rumors that McCain has somehow tapped the phone of Trump mm-hmm. as well. You know, so, so, you know, if, if, if you can't have a private conversation and do a formula, formalize a strategy, you're, you're going nowhere. This is why I say Trump has to, uh, get those 650,000 emails of Hillary out so that he can expose what was happening so that he has a chance of building a new foundation, you know, for his administration. He's president already. Why doesn't he have access to that information? You know, I'm sure, and I'm told that there are many Trump supporter, supporters within the FBI. But the CIA, however, is against Trump because Trump threatens to ruin their game in the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trump, uh, you know, with, with the advisors he has, they know all about all the different uh, games going on. You know, the secret oil drilling and, and, uh, and all these side plays that that DynCor and CIA are doing. So his advisors are letting him know uh, he just needs to put his foot down and, and clean house at NSC. If he doesn't own the Security Council, he's, uh, he's hobbled right from the start. Now, how do, does he do that? Because it's not only the CIA, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. I think this is Mossad, this is British Intel, and there are others out there that want him out because it He's jeopardizing their game. Well, you know, Mossad is me being Israeli. <laughs> you know, we I, I'm proud of Mossad because of uh, of how small of a country we are and and how how many fingers we get into all around the world. So, in, in a way, it, you can look at that two ways from an intelligence point of view. But um, you know, old Mossad was economic spying you know, and economic infiltration. The the new, um, you know, tendency seems to be just uh, just trying to put gum up the works. It's not even trying to make a deal happen. It just seems to be more focused on, uh, you know, getting him impeached so that we can put in, you know, Mike Pence. So, uh, you know, that I would say British intelligence is involved from a liaison operation. Uh, if you go through British intelligence, you don't have to report to the Congress. So you don't have to go to the House Select Intelligence Committee. You don't have to go to the Senate Select Intelligence Committee to do you know, an operation. So I think British intelligence is the end around. And I think Mossad is the kind of the economic piece. But I think you have the deep state, you have the CIA folks that just want to obstruct right now. They just want him out and they want Pence in. You know, that, that's what I think the agenda is right now. Do you see similarities with the Reagan-Bush election 
perhaps not the same and you know and colorful as this election was. But when I see Reagan, who chose Bush against who he really wanted to choose, and all of a sudden March of 1981, he almost got killed there. And the one who tried to kill him was, you know, Hinckley. Uh, uh, the family, Hinckley's family was very close to the Bush family. So Bush would have been there like, uh, you know, very easily. Do you think that perhaps there are some within the powers that want to be that would like to see a similar scenario here where Pence takes over? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a, actually a very strong parallel between the two. Uh, you know, I always, I, mean, I like George Bush and I went to a college that, you know, was one of George Bush's um, it, kind of CIA colleges. It was a, a naval ROTC, Miami University, Oxford, Ohio, and really super strong intelligence program. A lot of guys went into the CIA from there. So I like George Bush. He spoke at my graduation and so forth. And I always thought George Bush could have been a great president without having to play dirty. You know, he just didn't need to. He was a, he was a great guy, uh, but he just couldn't help himself because of his dad and because of, you know, his dad's friends, you know, with. Um, are you talking about uh, Prescott or are you talking about George Sr.? Oh, Prescott Bush. I was talking about George H. H.W. Right. OK. But for some reason, he can't wait it out. Wall Street can't wait, and they have to do the assassination of Reagan, you know, three months in. And, uh, you know, they ended up waiting out for four years or eight years. But, you know, Bush was, I think, started Iran-Contra in 82. So they really didn't wait. Uh, and, and, and Reagan was a figurehead really from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that's very much how they're trying to do it right now with Pence. With, uh, you know, just try to keep Trump occupied with all these, you know, crazy things like, you know, you didn't speak out against, you know, uh, you know, the desecration of Jewish graves in, in Missouri right. or, or, or something. But but they're doing all the covert stuff, you know, right now. Um, I mean, they're going to be doing the, you know, when they say, we're, we, you know, when General Mattis says we don't want to take the oil, that just means we want to take it covertly. I mean, that's. That, that's just code, you know. So that's my opinion anyway. Do you think Bush Sr. was to Reagan what Cheney was to Bush and what Pence may be to Trump? Yes, exactly. Um, I think there's a directorate within kind of the Council on Foreign Relations and the CIA. It's a, it's a group of about 12 people. Uh, not the general group of Council on Foreign Relations, but I'm talking about the inner circle. They kind of make the decisions from a foreign uh, policy point of view. And then there, there's another group that kind of makes the kind of black, you know, ops decisions from there. Um, and that's, and they're going to funnel that through Pence. I knew when Pence got the uh, VP spot, and I said, Oh boy, this is, this is Bush Reagan all over again. Um, you know, because if you heard him in uh, Europe, uh, Pence's comments about NATO, you wouldn't think he was the vice president. You wouldn't exactly. thought he was the president. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what I thought. Yeah. I mean, it's like Trump doesn't exist. They're already talking about him like he doesn't, he's not even there. <laughs> when Trump says, you know, you need to pay rent, you know, in a way, NATO, you need to pay, have all these countries pay their share. But then you have Pence there meeting with, with NATO as if, as if nothing of what Trump said mattered. 
Well, and Mattis has been the same way, and Russ yes. Tillerson's been a little, little bit more subdued. But um, you know, General Kelly, um, it's kind of like the generals are being lined up, you know, for the whatever's going to happen. I think they're going to round up all free thinkers pretty soon. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting uh, next year. Next twelve months are going to be very interesting. Matt or, Matt, uh, Mattis does not want to remove the. The uh, the sanctions, you know, again, contrary to what Trump wants. Well, you know, if I was Trump, I'd say, uh, you know, Tillerson's in uh, Moscow now, or he was the last couple of days. I would come back like Neville Chamberlain and wave the agreement and say, we just got $500 billion of their Arctic oil. You know, we, we lifted sanctions and we just got five, you know, declare victory. It, it's kind of like saying Hillary coming back and saying we got 20% of U.S., uh, you know, we sold 20% of the U.S. uranium to Russia, only in reverse. We can come back and say we got $500 billion of their oil, um, which is what exactly would be if we did that Exxon deal. And I don't know how that's not in the strategic interest of the United States. We're getting the, the oil for a song because it's hard to drill up there, and we have the technology and they don't. And it's not going to be a part of Putin's uh, supply. So I don't know how that's not a, a great deal for the United States. I don't know why we would want to try to slow that down. It's in our strategic interest. We, we're getting the oil. Still there? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Sorry, cut off there. Sorry. No problem. When you were saying about Bush being a good man and so on, and you know that he has a dark side too. I'm thinking of Arbusto. I'm thinking of of the oil platforms in the Gulf of Mexico around his his you know what how he became the CIA director. Then I fast forward to 1990 when April Gillespie met with Saddam Hussein when he was saying Kuwait is slant drilling our oil. What can we do about it? And Gillespie, based on the orders of Bush, said, "You know what? We're not going to be." getting involved here. You do what you need to do. And that was a setup for Saddam Hussein. What's your take on Gulf War number one? Well, you know, everything you say is true. I mean, uh, we definitely wanted a false flag or a, a uh, you know, a, a cause of war, a cause of spell as they say, to invade Kuwait um, and then uh, southern Iraq. Um, and, and that uh, you know, we knew, you know, the thing I guess I, I want to say about Gulf One was Bush was smart enough. He was happy enough to say, let's get all the oil. But why do we want to topple uh, a Muslim capital that doesn't have any oil? We stay on the other side of the Tigris here. We've got all the oil in Western Iraq, which is most of it's up there. There's uh, uh, toward Mosul as well. But let them have their capital, you know. Uh, and then, you know, George Bush Jr. or, you know, W uh, decides to go further. And, and so as far as I, I realize that Bush has killed a lot of people and, you know, that's all spycraft and everything. But I, I just think he had a finer hand, you know, as far as how he did things and more subtle than his son and people that followed him. I guess that would be my comment about between Gulf One and Gulf War Two. Now, Dyncourt. Tell us what it is, when was it created, for what purpose, and I have to ask you, who owns it? Good question. Okay, so DynCorp is created about the same time the CIA is, maybe one year before. 
um, CIA has kind of a, the National Security Act of 1947 creates the CIA. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.